John chapter 1, 1 to 13. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came into his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. That sends the reading. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word, for your word is truth. God, I pray that you would speak through your word this morning, that you would... Perform the miracle that feeds our souls. pray this in your name. Amen. I was 13 the first time that my father took me fishing in Alaska. Now the fishing that my dad does up there for a month during the summer isn't the, the type of fishing that we usually think of when we think of fishing. Typically when we think of fishing, we think of, you know, like the rod and the reel and then hooks and bait and the whole deal, but, but fishing with my dad, it deals with nets, not a lot of sleep, and it's, it's not very relaxing. My dad goes up every summer for about a month, and he, he has for about 50 years. As a kid, I, I would remember him leaving for a month and then coming back with a beard, a t-shirt, t-shirt for each of us, as, as well as a Snickers candy bar. But this year... <coughs> This year, I was finally getting to go up with him. I wasn't going to go up for the whole time. I was 13, and that's that's a long long time to be up there working on the boat. But but just for the last week, I'd I'd fish on the boat for the last few days, help Dad and and the rest of the crew put the boat away. And then, and then, Dad had promised me that once the boat was put away, he and I would go sports fishing, the kind of fishing we usually think of. In the Knack River for king salmon. And man, I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait. I arrived in Alaska, got off the plane, and, and ended up having to hop a boat down to Ugashik, the district where my dad was fishing at the time. We fished for a few days, and, and then it came time for us to leave. As we were making the preparations for a trek back to Knack where we put up the boat, an announcement came over the radio that there would be a fishing opener in the morning. You see, you couldn't just fish whenever you wanted. Fishing game tells you when you're allowed to fish. And so we didn't think there was going to be any more fishing. And then here comes an announcement. Fishing tomorrow. Now, I was was 13 at the time. And I don't remember all the details, but I will never forget what the water looked like that evening. I remember standing out on the back deck of the boat and sun was setting and you gosh, it's beautiful. There's like just all these wonderful, rugged mountains. And when the sun's setting, everything's got that beautiful like purplish, pinkish, orange like hue and it's just gorgeous. 
And there were fish jumping everywhere. Everywhere. I've never seen anything like it in my life. As far as you could see, all over the place, there were fish jumping. There was, uh, there was so many, you could hear them hitting the boat. And so dad told me to get the dip net and, and to go out and, and to try and catch, catch dinner. You know, I mean, you couldn't, we couldn't put the nets out because it wasn't an opener. But I could put the dip net in and, and, and try and get something. I almost did. Like it hit, the, it hit the edge of the dip net, but it didn't, I wasn't able to get it all the way in. But it was just crazy. There was fish everywhere. Fish everywhere. And while I was out on the back deck looking at all the fish, there was a conference that was happening on the inside of the boat between my father and the crew members. You see, they wanted to stay and fish. It was a big opener tomorrow. There was fish everywhere. They didn't want to leave. Just imagine how much fish they would catch tomorrow. Just imagine how much money they could make. And then after their conference, my father called me and he told me about the opener, kind of broke it down a little for me. He told me about the fish. I mean, I could see, I could see the fish. I was too young and, and a bit naive, I think, to be able to put together the profit that could be made in the morning. I remember my dad taking me by the shoulders and looking me in the eye and saying, Daniel, I made you a promise that we would go fishing for king salmon once we put the boat away. If we stay and we fish tomorrow, we won't be able to do that. We won't have the time. But I made a promise to you, and I will keep it. I will keep it if you want me to. Again, I was, I was young, and, and I was naive, and man, I wanted to go fishing for king salmon with my dad. So that night we left Ugashik and headed back up to Naknak to put the boat away. They killed it in Ugashik the next day. They caught so much fish. And while they were making money hand over fist, I was being a petulant 13-year-old boy. I was tired of working. I was tired of helping put the boat away. I just wanted to go fishing. When the boats come out of the water, they're stored on, on these, like, stilts. Everything is very sturdy, but for obvious reasons, they can't be left on the ground, or they would tip over because of the, the curved underside. And I remember being so fed up with having to wait for all the things to get done that I, I laid down in the shade of the boat and wrote in dirt, wake me when it's time to go fishing. The next day... The day that my dad had promised, we went fishing, and it was awesome. I caught a 10-pound king salmon. I fought the thing for a good 15 to, to 20 minutes, and from our little skiff in the water, we got to see a grizzly bear walking right along the riverbank next to us. It was awesome, an experience I will never forget and will always cherish, a promise kept. As we've journeyed through our series, The Voices of Promise, this Advent season, we have looked at one particular promise of God, though it has been spoken through a few different voices. First, we had the voice of God himself right after the fall, right after the first sin of man, the first knife in his back, promising one who would come and defeat Satan, the deceiver. 
Next, we had the pen of the poet, the voice of Ethan the Ezraite, who was calling on God to remember his promises. Things weren't going well for Ethan when he wrote that particular psalm. Things weren't going well for the people of Israel. How? How he would send them a king who would reign forever. And Ethan was calling on God to remember the promises that he had made, to remember them and to keep them. (laughs) Next was the burden of the prophet. Isaiah speaking of a people walking in darkness and, and how they had seen a great light. And how that light would come in the form of a baby, one who would be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. A few days ago, we looked at John the Baptist. An unexpected voice calling from an unexpected place, the wilderness. And what was he promising? He promised a Savior. Prepare the way for the Lord. God is coming. And this spoken into our wilderness. Into the place where we feel lost, alone, and afraid. God is coming. Each of these a voice of promise telling us of the coming of Jesus. And today, we get to rejoice in a promise kept. Today, we celebrate that God kept his promise. He did not make it in vain. He did not decide that he would no longer be keeping this particular promise. He did not relent. He didn't look down and say, well, that people that I created have turned into a petulant little punks. They don't deserve my grace. They don't deserve my love. Jesus, you're staying home, man. You're off the hook. He had every right to make that choice. To go back on his promise. But he didn't. A promise kept. And we know that our world is darkness. Sorry, no. No, today we rejoice in a baby lying in a manger. Today we rejoice in God becoming man. The light shines in the darkness, reads our text this morning. And we know, we know that our world is darkness. We look around and we see sin on full display. We see temptation beckoning around every corner. And we look inside our own hearts and see the longing to give in to temptation. When we are honest with ourselves and we are honest with God, we can admit that the darkness that surrounds us in this world is also living within us. And because of this sin, because of this darkness, we cannot have the relationship with God that He wants to have with us. And so He kept His promise. He sent His Son, He sent the light. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus was sent into our darkness. He is God become man, fully God and fully man. And as such, he had to deal with what we have to deal with. Achy joints, the flu, skin knees, wetting the bed, sore muscles, you name it. But it wasn't just the mundane elements of life that Jesus endured. He also suffered as we suffer. He was tempted as we are tempted. But where we continue to fail and where we continue to give in to the darkness in the world around us and the darkness in our own hearts, the darkness of the world cannot stand against the light of Christ, the promise of God. For the darkness has not overcome the light. 
Though Jesus went through all that we go through, he remained perfect. And then he went to the cross in our place. And the promise of God was kept. For there on the cross, Jesus died. He died for our sin, for our darkness. And so doing, as our text says this morning, he gave us light. But he did not stay dead. No, instead, he kept the promise made by the voice of God back in the Garden of Eden and defeated Satan one time for all time. In his coming, in his death, and in his resurrection, he kept the promises made in Scripture. What a cost. What a price. As that naive 13-year-old boy on that boat in Alaska, I had no inkling of the price my father would pay to keep his promise to me. A few years ago, I was up on the boat with dad again, and this time fishing in order to, to try to pay for that year at seminary. Now having it now, having a deeper understanding of, of wrestling with finances, of the stress that the unknown and the ups and downs of fishing could be, I was transported back to that year and finally beginning to realize what my father had sailed away from that night so many years ago. The price, the cost, was starting to sink in. I remember getting up early in the morning before the other crewmen so that I could talk to my dad alone. And I apologized to him. I told him I was sorry for making him leave all that money behind, that I didn't realize how much his promise had cost him and that I was sorry for it. My dad looked across the boat at me as I sat there in my shame. And he said, Daniel, I'd do it all again. I'll never forget watching you fight that fish. How proud I was when you finally landed it, finally got it in the boat. And I'll never forget how big your eyes got when you saw that bear. I love you, son. I loved spending that day with you, and I would do it all again. Do we realize what it cost God to keep his promises? No. I don't think that we do. I don't think we can even imagine how much it cost him to keep his promises to us, to bring light to our darkness. But he loves us. He loves you. He loves me. He loves us so much. And love love makes us do crazy things. And he would do it all again. Church, friends, let us rejoice today in a promise kept. And because of the kept promises, we can have assurance of the promises that God has not yet answered. That one day Jesus will come again, that one day God's children will be taken to live with him in glory forever. So as we rejoice today in promises kept, Let us have a faith strengthened for the promises that God has yet to keep. What a fantastic, wonderful, loving, and gracious God we serve.
Merry Christmas.